0: And just to encourage us this morning, we as the people of God are blessed. Amen. We are blessed this morning. If you don't get anything else this morning, get it, you are blessed. God has blessed you. You know, people have talked, and I know within, within the church, people talk about cursing. And, but I think from this story, that it is impossible for the people of God to be Cursed. Because God says we are blessed. When God has decided to bless, then nothing will stop that blessing. When God has made a promise, nothing will stop that promise being fulfilled. And what God has purposed for our lives, then that purpose will be done. In those three verses, those three passages we read there, it says we're blessed. And we can't be defied. The word of God cannot be defied in our lives. Nothing can stand before the blessing of God when his blessing is upon our lives. And he says, and it will not be reversed. Balak Balaam says, hark and I, re- can I cannot reverse it. The blessing of God cannot be reversed in our lives. We are a blessed people this morning. Be encouraged, we are a blessed people. Now, we can ask ourselves questions, and maybe you're asking yourself that this, this this morning. Can I really trust God that he has blessed my life? Can I be really sure that God's blessing is upon my life? Well, the answer to that is yes, we can be sure. And we find that, I believe, I want to suggest to you in verse 19 of, 20, of, of chapter 23, This is why it's because God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Has he spoken and shall he not make it good? God immediately lays down a big distinction here. And it's one that we need to grasp. God is not a man. Now, we can turn around and say, well, know God's not a man. But in our actions and the way we go through our lives and live our lives and, and react in certain situations can tell a different picture. But God immediately makes a big distinction. And he says to these people, I am not a man that I should lie. God separates himself from man. He separates himself from the way man thinks and the way man would do things. Isaiah 56, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. How many times have we tried to tell God how to do things? How many times have we thought, Well, if I was God, I'd have done that differently. We're in the midst of a situation. You think, God, do you even see me here? God, look. God, there was an opportunity there, as far as we can see, for me to come out of this, to get through this, for you to do something different in my life and to set me free. But God is not a man. He doesn't think like us, and he doesn't act like us. The distinction he gives again in that verse for us, the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is trying to tell us, I am God, and you are man. And we have to grasp that this morning. God is not a man. And have I, have we, grasped this distinction? And how we answer that is going to help us a great deal of how we go through our lives and how we handle those situations. Because many of the time, we try to make God into a man. We try to pull him down to our level. We try to say and think like him. We try to ascertain, well, what, what, what this is the way God would do it. And God says, I am not a man. Because he sees the bigger picture in our lives. What does it mean God is not a man? Well, I think, firstly, it means God has no limits. God has no limits whatsoever. He is not a man. And the minute we try to make him a man is the minute we put limits on him. The minute we try to pull him down to our level is the minute we have stopped God being God. But God is not a man. God's not hampered by our limits. When God speaks something into our lives, we think of Abraham and Sarah. When God spoke to Abraham, and and he says, you're going to have a child, and he's 100, and Sarah's 90, and Sarah laughed because she didn't think, yeah, right. And we think that. And God has spoken things into our lives. Over the years, we think, yeah, Right. But listen, God is not a man. God is not limited by our limits. He's not hampered by our limits. Because he won't lie. He will do what he says he will do. God is unlimited in all his attributes. Everything about God. When the Bible says God is love, he is love. It doesn't wax, it doesn't wane. He is love. He is always love. He's not limited. Nothing limits God. The Bible says that he can do above all that we can ask or think. What can you think today? What would be a thing that you think, I would love to really see that in my life. I would love to really see God break through in this situation. Well, listen, he can do above that. All that we can ask or think. Turn with me to Psalm 78. And this actually is probably one of the saddest states in Israel's life. Throughout the whole nation. And this should be a warning to us as well. Psalm 78, verse 40. And let's talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness. This is these same people we read about who God says, "I have blessed you." How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yes, they turned back and tempted God and limited the holy one of Israel. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. They limited the holy one of Israel. What a sad situation that God's people would limit him. And I'm speaking to myself as much to you this morning. And I'm thinking, God, don't let me limit you. Don't let me limit you. Don't let me live at a, at a level that I'm not supposed to. Because these people were called to live at a level of, with God, that they knew him as their Lord and their God, as their father, as their king, as their protector, as their everything. You know, you think of over 40 years that these children of Israel walked in the, in the wilderness. Think of the things they've seen. Think of the plagues that, that, that God had brought upon Pharaoh in Egypt. The greatness of them. And they've seen them. You think of the, 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 the parting of the Red Sea. Their backs are to it. Pharaoh and his armies is coming towards them. And the sea parts. What a miracle to see. And immediately we turn around and say, now if i had have seen that, I'd have believed God. Well, <laughs> I'd like to think that myself, but I'm not so sure. They had water out of the rock. They had manna that came from heaven every morning in the dew. God had given them great victories against their enemies. And he says, you are blessed. But they limit him. And these people had no reason to limit God. Because over these 40 years, you know, it says there they remembered not. Now that doesn't mean they didn't remember. What it means is they chose not to remember. They chose not to trust God. They chose to limit him. Because when they came across the Red Sea, within a matter of days, they were complaining that God had brought them into the land to let them die. And they said, we'd have been better off in Egypt because there was no water. And God spoke to Moses and the rock was opened and the water came. Now, that's what I'm saying. If we had seen the Red Sea, if I had seen the Red Sea, I would have thought, well, if God can do that, well, surely he can give us water. But these people refused to remember what God had done. Sometimes it was days that forgot, and refused to remember. Other times it was maybe years, but within 40 years, we can remember probably over the last 40 years. Maybe Clifford can, because it's very close to his birthday, just to mention that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? 40 years we can remember the great things that God has done in our lives. But genuinely, there is times we forget. We may have not have seen the Red Sea open, but we've seen victory that God has brought into our lives. And then we come to the next obstacle. And sometimes we, we struggle. Sometimes we, we, we don't look to God. And that's how we limit Him. But we don't want to be like that. We don't want to limit the God of Israel. You know, if we see God as a man, we 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 only actually see the limits. But just like the children of Israel in the wilderness, they'll be hard. We'll be stiff-necked. We'll be selfish. We'll be prone to backsliding. We'll be complainers. We'll be jealous. We'll be involved in everything that we shouldn't be involved in because we're not looking to God as God. We're treating him as a man. Do you know, these people, and literally I mean this, these people were the most blessed people on the face of the earth at that time because God had blessed them. The most blessed people on the face of the earth, and they refused to see it. And it's the same for the church today, for his people. We are the most blessed people on the face of this earth. We've just taken communion, and that speaks to the greatest blessing that we have. But even that, he gave us more. He made us heirs, kings and priests with him. We are the most blessed people on the face of the earth because we have Christ. If you just turn back to Numbers 13. I know these stories well, but that prove the point. It says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were of the heads of the children of Israel. And this is the story of the 12 spies that he sent into the promised land. And we know this story pretty well, but we want to read just from verse 21. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Sin onto Rehob as men, as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came on to Hebron where Ahiman, Shishai and Talmai, the children of Anak were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Sohan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook Escol, and cut down from thence a, bran- a branch with one cluster of grapes and they it between two upon a staff and they brought other pomegranates and other figs. That's some grapes. That's some bunch of grapes that took two men to carry it. Some bunch, and God was going to give these people this land. The place was called the brook Eschol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after forty days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel onto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back the word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Neither the less the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it, is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in, in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Here's 12 men that went into the land, and there was two of them, Caleb and Joshua, who saw God, and there was 10 others who saw man. They didn't see God. Caleb and Joshua saw God as God. And these other 10 men seeing God as man. And they limited it to the Holy One of Israel. They limited him. And we need to not limit God because God is not a man. If you look at the first verse, verse we read in 13, sorry, in second, look what God says. Send thy men that they may search the land of Canaan which I give unto the children of Israel. God had already given them the land. They had to go in and possess it. But God had determined and had blessed them and says, you will have this land. But they limited him and they wouldn't believe him. Two men did, Caleb and Joshua. They saw God as God and the other 10 saw God as man. Do you know, if I looked at God as a man, well, then all I will see is limits. All I will see is obstacles. All I will see is hindrances. But if I see God as he is, as unlimited, I will see breakthroughs. Hallelujah. I will see victories. I will see conquering of, of the enemies. We need to see God as God. God says, I am not a man. God has no limits. You know, you think of the ten, the children of Israel, uh, or sorry, when Moses went to to Pharaoh, and you think of the ten plagues. God wasn't limited by one of them. And just think of thought of some of them there. You take a, the rod when when Moses threw it down and it became a serpent. God is not limited by the natural world. And that rod went down and turned into a snake. That's a miracle. Yes, some of Pharaoh's necromancers and magicians could do the same, but it even came to a stage where they got to their limits and God just went on. I think of the frogs that came upon uh, upon Egypt and the death of the livestock. God's not hampered and not limited by the animal kingdom. I think of the flies and the lice and the locust. God's not limited by the insect world. Think of the rivers that was turned to blood, the hail and the fire mixed with it. God's not limited by the elements. Think of the darkness that came upon the the land. God's not limited by the cosmological world. That's what it's called. Think of Hezekiah. We go on into 2 Kings, where he was told he was going to die, and he pleaded to God, and Isaiah came back and says, God's going to restore you for another 15 years. And he gave him a sign. And he says, do you want the, 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 the dial to go forward 10 degrees or back 10 degrees? And Hezekiah thought about it and says, well, it's easy for the dial to go forward 10 degrees. There could be an argument about that. Oh, well, that just happened. Or you got the, the time of the day wrong. But if it goes back 10 degrees, that's a different thing altogether. God is not not limited... God's not limited by the biological world. We talked of Abraham and Sarah. Abraham's 100 and Sarah's 90. And they have a son. We think of the birth of Jesus. Mary was a virgin. But she had a son. God's not limited. God is not limited by anything in this earth. Everything bends to the will and the purpose of God everything bends to the will and the purposes of God. God speaks, and everything fits into its place. And what God has spoken into our lives, in His timings and in His purposes, it will be done. Because God is not a man that He should lie. God's not limited by time. Turn with me just quickly to Joshua 10. Again, another great example of the unlimitedness of God. And Joshua's in a great battle here. The children of Gibeon have been attacked and they've called for Joshua and the armies to come. And they've come to this place and they've attacked the enemy. And God has said, you'll destroy them. But then look again at what it says in verse 10. Sorry, chapter 10, verse 8, sorry. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night. And the Lord discomforted them before Israel, and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, and chased them along the way that goeth up to Beth Horon, and smote them to Azekah and on to Machedah. And it came to pass, pass as they fled before Israel, and were in, were in the going down to Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Hezekiah, and they died. They were more which died with hailstones than they with, whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Look at this next breath. Then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon. Not Son, S-O-N, but Son, S-U-N. Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon and thy moon in the valley of Adelon. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jehua? So the sun, st- excuse me I have too many S's here. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hastened not to go down about a whole day. This was't moments, this was a whole day, and there was no day, day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Listen, God is not limited. If God has to stop time, he will. Our God is a great God. Time doesn't limit him. Government doesn't limit him. Bible says, By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. Daniel 4, we'll not turn to it, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And it's it's basically God says to him, he says, you're getting above yourself. You're starting to think of yourself too highly, but I'm going to bring you down. And he says that you will know that God rules. God rules in the affairs of men. And it happened. And Hezekiah prophesied, or spoke, and says, now I know that God rules in the affairs of men. Listen, God's not limited by government. We see things being passed, but God's plan will be done. His will will be done. But we can't limit him. Don't limit God. I believe I was really encouraged this morning by this message, and a number of weeks that scripture came to me. I believe God is trying to get our eyes upon him afresh to look at him as God. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nobody loves like the Lord. There's no limits when it comes to his love. Man's love is, I love you if, or I love you because, or I love you until. But God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I love you, my people. Romans 5 says about how he has commended his love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His love is towards us. His everlasting love. His everlasting love is an unfailing love. And it's a satisfying love. Man's love at his best is good. But it will never satisfy like God's love. God is not limited when it comes to his love. We are eternally loved as his people. Receive it today. Accept it today. God is not a man. He has no limits. If we look in numbers, just back to numbers there again. Almost finished. Numbers 23. If you look at these two, and I believe this brings us to ourselves, the question we have to answer to ourselves. It says, verse 19 God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. And look at the way this is put. This is two questions Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken? And shall he not make it good? That's two questions. And that's not by mistake. He's asking those questions to us to encourage us and to get us to put our trust in God. Has he said, and shall he not do it? What has he said to us as individuals, as a church, as a people? He has given promises. He has given things to us that he wants us to do. And he says, I'll be with you. And we have the answer ourselves today. Are we saying yes to that? Or are we limiting God? And by our limits, we're saying, "I I, I can't trust you enough, God. We've got to say yes to God. Because as he has said it, he will do it. Or have he spoken and shall he not make it good God's not a man he will do what he says he will do and yes I agree with you because there's promises I'm waiting on and sometimes I look at them and I think Way and God are hard but I have to look and take myself back to the promise and say God you have promised and you will do You will make it good. Let me just read a couple of verses for me from Messiah. You don't have to turn to these. Isaiah 46. You're taking those 9 to 11. This is what it says about God Remember this and show yourselves men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Listen to that verse, the surety in that verse. I am God and I will do all my pleasure. There is none like me, Again, Isaiah 55. What does it say? For as the rain comes down down, and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. What a promise. But it's a promise from a God who we can trust because he is not a man that he should lie. Do you know I need a God like this? I need a God who I can't understand. I need a God who is more powerful than me. I need a God who sees more than I see because what I see is limits and obstructions and mountains. But God sees way beyond that. God sees the answers and they will come to pass for he is God. He is not a man that he should lie. I'm encouraged this morning I know I'm preaching this, but it applies to me and it encourages me as I'm even preaching this in my spirit. God is not a man that he should lie. What he has promised, he will do. And that is a surety because he has said it. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just over this week as I was preparing, just a wee song came to my mind. I'll probably misquote the lines of it, but the song, He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. He is able, more than able. He can handle anything that comes my way. He is able more than able to do much more than I could ever say. He is able more than able to make me what he wants me to be. This is our God. He's not limited. He has no limits. And he will do what he says he will do. Father, I just want to ask today that by your grace, that from this time forward, we would always see you as God. The God who spoke the worlds into existence. The God of all power. The God of all might. The God who has spoken and has said that it shall be done. This is who you are. This is our God. We thank you this morning for your love, for your mercy, for your bountiful blessings, Lord, that are upon us today and that will continue upon us as you have purposed. Father, we are your people. We don't want to limit you today. Lord, by your grace, we take off all the limits, and we say, have your will and your way. We are a people that are blessed. We are the most blessed people on the face of this earth because you have put your blessing upon us. Lord, we magnify you this morning. We glorify you. We bless you, our Lord and our God. Touch your people this morning. I ask, Lord, that your spirit, even now, would descend upon them and that their spirits would be strengthened, that their minds would be focused, that their hearts would be encouraged because you are God. You are our God. We bless you this morning. Thank you for who you are, and we give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Isn't it good to be reminded of the goodness of God and how he looks after us and blesses us. If God be for us, who can be against us? What a wonderful promise. Thanks, Martin, for that. Appreciate it. If we're going to receive the offering, we're going to give to the Lord today. If you're visiting with us, please do not feel in any way obligated to do this. Uh, it's for the local church here, local people, but if you want to give, that's okay too. If you're planning on going holidays soon, we wish you a very pleasant time, relaxing, restful. Uh, let somebody know if you're going away so that we'll not be worried about, about you. We'll know that you're gone on holiday. Just It's always good to do that. All right, would you stand with us, please? Lord, we give you thanks for this morning in your house. We love being in the house of God. We love being with the people of God. We thank you for your presence in our midst. We thank you for your word that encourages and enriches our lives. We pray, Lord, that for the rest of this day, Lord, it will uh, stay in your presence and Uh, think about the things that you think about, and we pray, O God, that as we come back together tonight, Lord, that we will be blessed indeed. Thank you, Lord, for those who are going on holidays. We pray a wonderful, restful uh, time for them, safe journey for them. We pray, Lord, that you'll bring them back to us safely, and uh, Lord, ready to continue in the things of God. So we bless you for this day. We give you thanks for all that's been said and done in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.